0: Hey, my name is Sean Patrick Thomas. You might know me from Sable Ass Dance or from the Barbershop franchise, but you might also know me from my role as Alan Townsend on Reaper. And you are listening to the Dead TV Podcast.
1: Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the canceled TV shows in the sci-fi, fantasy, and horror genre. I am your host, Dr. Chris.
0: And I'm Mistress Seneca.
1: And tonight, we are talking about the next two episodes of Reaper. We're talking about episodes... Five and six. Five and six, I Want My Baby Back. And Mr. Seneca has the uh, plot synopsis for the first of the two episodes.
0: I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> Reaper, season two, episode five, I Want My Baby Back originally aired March 31st, 2009. After Sam catches another escaped soul, a female vampire, he, Sock, and Ben find themselves in possession of the soul's infant daughter. Sam gives the baby to the demon Tony to raise it, but when the devil wants the infant back as well, the dull-witted and immature trio try to find a way to get out of this position. Meanwhile, Andy becomes fearful and angry when Morgan tells her that Sam is the son of Satan and tries to take advantage of that fact to further woo her away from Sam. Sock tries to curb his temptation towards his stepsister, Kristen, by taking testosterone-reducing drugs. Also, the undead Mr. Oliver keeps showing up at the guy's place, wanting to spend time with his son.
1: With the very beginning, we learn that there's a vampire, but there's not really vampires, according to the devil. It's kind of a letdown that the whole episode is uh just basically three men and a baby i was kind of hoping it was going to be sam versus a vampire for the whole episode but
0: we don't get that no the vampire gets taken out quite quickly which leads us to the big question of the episode uh souls can have babies in hell this is new
1: no they can't they have to escape from hell in order to have the babies they can get pregnant in hell but they can't have the babies in hell probably more likely the baby will die
0: Well, I got the impression that the babies could actually be born in hell because Gladys calls this baby an Ibo, an intentional birth out of hell, uh, mainly for better school systems. And it's just a regular baby. Mm. No horns, no cloven hooves, just a regular baby.
1: Still slowly disappointed that there was no vampire fight. No, like, with sexy vampires. Nope, nothing.
0: Yeah. The vessel is a wooden stake, which makes sense for a vampire, but they just dispatch the vampire super quickly.
1: Sock is grossing out Ben over his love for his stepsister, who, well, that love is finally consummated at long last. I like porn. <laughs>
0: ben is a good friend to call him out on his bullshit attractiveness to his sister. Like, that, that just... Should
1: not fly. We get some consummation. Does the consummation happen in underbelly?
0: It does. Oh, it does. Okay.
1: I was like I was like, wait, did I miss something and I want my baby back? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get our uh we get one of our favorite demons back and he wants to uh, take the baby because, you know, him and Steve were on on a on a donor list for adoptions.
0: Yeah, and he finally becomes the parent to a child and names the infant daughter Stevie for Steve. I thought it was a girl. It is a girl.
1: So he calls it Stevie?
0: Yeah, Stevie Nicks is a girl.
1: Oh, right, okay. (laughs) Andy gets, like, super smoking hot in a dress and does her hair up because she thinks Sam's taking her out for a romantic evening. And it's probably the most beautiful she's ever looked, even though even in an apron, she's still pretty hot. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is, like, we don't see Andy in anything outside that apron and jeans and a t-shirt most of the time. We don't see her in dresses almost the entire show. So her dressed up like this is something completely different.
0: Yeah, she thinks this is a super fancy dinner, but it's with Morgan, who does the very rich, douchebaggy way of buying out the entire restaurant just for them.
1: Did we mention where Morgan gets all his money from other than just being the son of the devil?
0: Uh, No, I, I think it's just gifts given to him all the time. He dated a princess and got a car in a previous episode. I think he just gets gifts, you know, devil gives him those gold coins, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, the gold coins, that's right.
0: I don't think he has a regular job of any sort.
1: No, I just think he's rich. Wouldn't you just like to be rich? I would love to be just rich. Just rich, not actually working.
0: I would love to be independently wealthy.
1: Yeah, that's that's the words, yeah. People who win the lottery, they're independently wealthy?
0: For a short period of time.
1: Oh, because they blow through it all.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're going to win the lottery, you have to get a good financial planner that you can trust and then try to move your money and work it in such a way where you're either living off of the interest or you're living off the returns of the investments that it makes for you. And most people just buy a house, buy a car, heal some problems with family, and then poof, it's gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd help out some family, but I don't know. I don't always hear in the news about a lot of the the lottery people getting, you know, now in poverty so fast. Once in a while I do, but, you know, not too often. It does happen quite a lot. Sam's dad has come back. Zombie dad. Zombie dad. And my notes wrote, Sam's dad's back. Sock watched as his stepsister. Andy confronts Sam about the information regarding him being the son of Satan. Doesn't tell Andy my other dad is still alive.
0: Morgan spills the beans to Andy that sam is the son of satan because i i guess he wanted to date her as well or steal her away from sam through this fancy dinner mm. and he was just like "Whoa! Well, i i guess that you were okay with dating a son of the devil because of sam he's like what do you mean well he's the son of the devil too so that that's also a little weird that you're going after your half brother's girlfriend but he has no moral so he is the son of the devil <laughs> truly
1: sock should be the son of the devil the way he acts
0: this episode or actually the next both of these episodes really super annoys me because this should not be a plot for sock you know him lusting after his stepsister and then getting his stepsister eventually that it's just not cool man just not cool the soul for this episode the vampire that doesn't last very long in this episode is played by heather dirksen who's a Canadian, and she's best known for playing on Pacific Rim and The Cabin in the Woods, as well as The Uninvited.
1: Yeah, she's a hot vampire, again, for all the five minutes that we get to have her on the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, no more. Right now she's doing a bit of voice acting for Ninjago as Skylar and Gigantosaurus as Hegan. Oh, another thing that Heather's been in was Stargate Atlantis as Captain Pat Myers.
1: Sam's dad thinks he doesn't want anything to do with him.
0: Oh, I, you know, I can understand that. You know, he's a zombie and he's kind of slowly rotting.
1: We don't see mom, but he keeps talking about how mom doesn't want him to come back to the house. And, like, that that's all cut off. But I don't know if they're just going to get the actress back or what it is. Uh, why mom's not having a sit down with Sam. I mean, she showed up at the end of the episode to dig up dad in the season finale. Yeah sam confronts his dad about the truth about you know who his real father is and his father was like we weren't allowed to talk about that
0: yeah i wonder what would happen if he does talk about it would he then have his deal moot and then he would just die what's the punishment for him to spill the beans to his son sam
1: i mean he's already dead and a zombie so who knows
0: <laughs> i mean how much worse gonna get is that he's gonna go to hell anyway
1: Sam can't bring himself to stab the baby, and Tony turns into his demonic form and stops Sam. But Tony doesn't have his demon voice, he just has the regular actor voice, I noticed. Yeah. Father Ortega is called in to baptize the baby, because if they baptize the baby, the baby will be clenched of all original sin and will be purified. But the devil can't let that happen.
0: And then we get a scene that could have been ripped right from Ghostbusters 2. The carriage takes off with the baby, out of the church going across the street and into another building where there is a hell portal waiting to accept the carriage and the infant.
1: The priest, by the way, Alejandro Giuliano, is from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. He was Dr. C. He was Spear in the War of the Planet of the Apes, but best known as uh, Lieutenant Felix Gaeta on Battlestar Galactica. He uh, was a longtime character on the show up until he got uh, sucked out of the airlock for treason. Oh. Yeah. He's a, he was the main character on that show for every episode. This guy is a um, long-time television show kind of actor. I've never seen Super Dinosaur before. He was on that. I don't know anything about it. He was Adam, by the way, as in Adam and Eve on Supernatural. Oh, okay. Yeah. They never did Jesus on Supernatural, but they did Adam and Eve.
0: You know, Heather was on Battlestar Galactica as well, as Sergeant Brandy Harder. The soul? Yes, the oh, soul.
1: interesting. So they stopped the baby from going into, like, a hell portal...
0: Yeah, and the the devil wants Sam to throw the baby in, and of course he's not going to. Once Stevie is baptized, then the devil has no claim on her.
1: Morgan tries to tempt Andy again and fails, and Dad moves into the guy's garage. Earlier in the episode, Dad was sitting in the back seat of the car and scares sock, and he's like, "Why would you do that to me? I'm still having a heart attack!" Like he's like clenching his chest, and he's like, "Because I knew you wanted to be here when Ben came over." And Ben's like, I've had a really rough day. I had to do returns, and this customer was yelling at me. I just want to go home and soak in a bath. And they're like, oh, we're going to go out for ice cream. And he's like, oh, man, I love ice cream. So he gets in the car and Dad scares him. (laughs) And it cuts right to the I Am Reaper credit logo with Ben screaming like a girl.
0: (laughs) That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Kristen sings a lot of karaoke in this episode. And so the only songs that are featured in this episode that I could find are the ones that she sung. So there's Hallelujah, originally by Leonard Cohen, then Do That To Me One More Time, originally performed by Captain and Tennille, and Come A Little Bit Closer, originally performed by Jay and the Americans. But Kristen just sings them in this episode. They're all
1: kind of like, I don't know, what do you call these type of songs?
0: Karaoke staples. Ugh,
1: yeah. I'm not a karaoke fan whatsoever. Me neither. <laughs> no, these are, this is this is why, because I would have to listen to people, like, belt out this garbage, and I'm just like, no. I mean, it's one thing when I hear a clip of it in a movie or something like that, it's just, I'm not a karaoke fan to want to have to listen to this all the time.
0: Yeah, there's only a couple of karaoke songs that I will do, and I have to be really shit-faced to do them.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the second episode, Underbelly, here on the Dead TV Podcast.
0: I was a cop. When my wife was raped. I caught the guy who did it, and I killed him. Two months later, I died. I went to hell. <laughs> 113 of the most vile creatures escaped.
1: They think they'll beat the devil. Nobody beats me. So how am I supposed to send them back? The eyes windows to the soul. Destroy the eyes and the damned, get a one-way ticket back home to hell. But it's not hell you should be scared of. It's losing your second chance of life on earth.
0: Time to give the devil his due. It's Brimstone! Season 1, Episode 9, Lovers. Originally aired January 8th, 1999. Hi, I'm Ezekiel Stone. You know, it took me a while to come to grips with everything. There's more than one god, I'm the son of the devil, I grew up in the future, and I'm both damned and blessed to be a soul bounty hunter. Not to mention that I had to kill my wife's rapist not once but twice, mind you. Things had gotten weird. I felt alone. I got depressed. It had gotten so bad that it stung when I saw happy couples and families out. I couldn't face this eternal job, feeling like shit. As much as the devil likes torturing me, God wants me here. It's funny, I truly don't know what's going on in the universe. I'm just a little more than a pawn or a catalyst. So I decided for a while to ignore the bigger picture and focus on the small things instead. You know, I'd heard that it's the little things in life that matter the most. So I decided to have some fun kick the depression and go to the beach. On a whim, I tried this new thing called rollerblading. It's a new roller skating style, kind of like a cross between ice skates and roller skates. It was really fun. Just as I was having fun, the devil showed up in my way. And I mean literally. He was dressed as an old man and just appeared on the sidewalk in front of my skates. I tripped over him and he cracked a joke at my expense. you. Next thing I know, he's selling me a POS car. Now, I had asked, or suggested that he give me a car to better move around the city for bounty hunting. I didn't make a deal with the devil for a car. Wait, wait, I I kinda did, but it was a standard normal kind. The devil sold me a car for $36.27, my daily pocket change. But he gave me back $20.27 for gas and parking. Lucky me, so I really got it for 16 bucks. It was a real clunker, too. Covered in rust, knocking and sputtering, burning oil and smoking. And he says, "Are we having fun yet. Jeez, when I took it to a mechanic, he said it was hopeless. That's where I found a lead on another damn soul. A guy named Paco Gomez, who burned a guy with his hand. Paco's next victim with a cop, same M.O. So just like any sort of investigation, I visited his old stomping grounds and met his madre, who was a fortune teller. Accurate too. She said the devil had his hands on my heart and I had no lifeline. Yep, that's right. My friendly research assistant, Max, tracked down Paco's obituary. He died in a fiery crash off Lookout Point. Hence, the hot hands treatment to his victims. This case just kind of stumbled into my lap. I went to play golf and found the cops investigating a car crash case. The deceased Brad's girlfriend was wearing Paco's necklace and got defensive when I mentioned Paco. As I left, guess who shows up? Paco! After a bit of a chase, we scuffle and he tries the hot hand thing with me, unsuccessfully. But I won the battle getting his eyes with the car's ornament. I went home, case closed. But then the girlfriend, Jocelyn Page shows up saying that she felt something happen to Paco. She was in love and she had it bad. I didn't immediately realize that she too was on my list until she started talking about seeing the Beatles in concert. She would have been too young for that had she been a living person. She attacked me, but she was really too love struck. She couldn't live on this earth without him so she took her own eyes out in order to see Paco again. Really sad. Isn't love supposed to be godly? One thing was for sure. After all that, my shitty car wasn't. I figured out it was their car, and I shot the headlights out to send it back to hell, too. All while the devil laughed at me. Case finally closed. In the role of Paco Gomez is Jesse Borrego, a Washica Mescalero Apache Native American born in Texas. He started his career on the popular 80s TV show Fame in the role of Jesse Velasquez for 71 episodes. After that, he had a long stint of smaller roles until the 2000s, where he played the role of Gail Ortega on 24 and George King on Dexter. I certainly recognized him from Fear the Walking Dead as Efrain Morales. He's been doing some producing and directing in recent years, but I consider him a jack-of-all-trades of the entertainment world because he's also performed in stage plays and has done some choreographing, too. In the role of Paco's girlfriend, Jocelyn Page, is Shannon Sturgis. Her first role was a single episode of Dookie Hauser, M.D. in 1990. The following year, she played on Days of Our Lives as Molly Brinker. She doesn't have a huge list of credits, but she has appeared on Charmed, Love Boat, The Next Wave, Once and Again, Nip Tuck, and Cold Case. Paco's mother, the fortune teller, is played by Betty Carvalho. She started her career in 1976 on the streets of San Francisco and Police Story. She's done a lot of movies, including Die Hard, where she played Paulina. And if you're a fan of Steve Martin, then you've seen her as Mama Sanchez on Three Amigos. She's also played in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, as Nurse Patsy. She stopped acting in 2011 after about a decade of bit parts. The deceased lawyer Brad Armstrong was played by Lawrence Lau, who is most recognizable from his time on the soap operas All My Children and As the World Turns. He has that rich boy country club look, so he fit perfectly amongst the daytime dramas. So in the 1980s, he had a long run on Another World as Dr. Jamie Frame. This episode was actually more entertaining when Detective Stone wasn't dealing with the souls. Lori Petty is in this episode and cracks a joke about dying and leaving a good-looking corpse. And there was the second there when I thought that Ezekiel would mug to the camera, but he didn't. No fourth wall was broken. Ezekiel, dealing with what turned out to be a car from hell, was hilarious. This thing was barely able to go faster than a bicycle, and stalled out at the wrong moments. But it must have had a soul, since the headlight eyes had the same soul release animations. Funny, but weird at the same time. I enjoyed this episode, but it was only a mid-grade episode. Easily skippable. Good night. But before I end this, I wish to comment on the latest news that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. We at The Dead TV Podcast are extremely upset at this development. Personally, I would not have had the opportunities or successes in my life if it wasn't for the ability to choose when and how to start my family. I stand with my fellow people with uteruses and call for a constitutional amendment for body autonomy. The right to privacy and to control one's own body is so important for everyone nationwide. Good night.
1: And we're back. On the Dead TV podcast with the next episode, Underbelly, which has me afraid of ever going on any kind of like vacation ever.
0: (laughs) Especially to a small town.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Reaper season two, episode six, Underbelly, originally aired April 7th, 2009. Sam, Sock, and Ben go on a road trip to locate another escaped soul in which they encounter a large tentacled beast that has taken over a small town and targets the bumbling and immature trio as its latest dinner. Meanwhile, Ben decides to give Nina some space over her wanting to do more, quote, demon things. Also, Sock tries any way he can to seduce the seductive Kristen, who continues to be oblivious to his urges for her, while Sam continues to try to win back Andy's trust.
1: So we open the episode with Japanese scorpion fights. Is this a real thing in Japan? Do we we know? You're a world traveler. Much more world traveler than me.
0: (laughs) I did not actually find out if this was real, but I know that these things do go on, uh, having uh, fights between animals or insects. And so this is a tarantula and scorpion fight. And I'm pretty sure the tarantula would win in that regard.
1: It is kind of a scary thing. This is like a cockfight, right?
0: In essence, you know, it's it's animal fights. Because they're, you know, like, they're
1: both arachnids. It's,
0: it's just like a cockfight. Well, I mean, these things do happen.
1: <laughs> Probably not always a good idea, but yes, they do happen.
0: So Ben is extremely clingy with Nina. I understand that this is a very powerful relationship for him, but this is the first time that we're really seeing... And just being so clingy, like texting her multiple times per hour for no reason whatsoever.
1: Yeah, usually you want to wait till someone responds back. If they don't, maybe send them another message a few hours later, like, you know, many, many hours later, especially if it's during the workday. Of course, I don't know. What does Nita do? Do we even know that?
0: No, it's never stated that she has a job. And I'm not sure that she does have a job. I think she just kind of lives in that abandoned barn and lives on her own.
1: Lives on whatever she catches to eat.
0: Yeah, llamas, I, cows, cattle. I do like
1: blood. <laughs> <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah, Ben being clingy, not great. So they want to do like a big couples treat away. Do you think the reason why Nina is not included is the actress wasn't available? Because there's no reason why she's not involved other than the clinginess.
0: Well, she is in the episode. So I can't say that she wasn't in the episode because of Unavailability.
1: She's this in the episode, episode for a hot minute. They could, they can film that in a day. Uh,
0: this is also the first episode in which we see a different actress playing her as a demon. So Maja really? Aro, yeah, Maja huh. Aro plays the demon Nina, and this is the first time that she's done this role. She's usually a stunt woman. Oh, interesting. So in this role, she plays Nina in the demon costume. Huh. Yeah, Maja Oro has been in a lot of things, but she's a stunt woman. So she has done stunts on The Flash, Dead of Summer, Sacred Lies, Once Upon a Time. Like her IMDb is so long. So you've probably seen her in a lot of different shows, just, you know, in the background, stunts.
1: Good to get work as a stunt woman as long as it's safe. Exactly. So they go to this town, and this reminds me of like, I was expecting people to be like made of House of Wax. You've got like these three characters. You have the creepy hotel guy, you've got the restaurant cafe woman, and you have the bartender. Okay. They're not all in the same place. I don't know who any of <laughs> these people are. Did you recognize them from anything?
0: Well, the bartender, whose character name is Lowell, is played by Sean Tyson. And Sean Tyson has been on Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Okay. And also on various roles on Supernatural.
1: He's a day repeater on Supernatural?
0: Yeah. Trucker, Clown Ghost, Marty, on various episodes of uh, four episodes of Supernatural. The Diner Woman character is Millie, who is having some sort of relationship with the sheriff somehow, is played by actress Carrie Ruschinensky.
1: It sounds very Russian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's been featured on a lot of shows, including R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. I love The haunting Hour. Not not a lot on her IMDb. Roles here and there, various bit parts on television shows. The last one she appeared in was Deadbeat as a school nurse. Our B&B manager, whose character name is Gus, is played by John Shaw. He's been on, most recently, The Good Doctor in one episode. But he's also been on Batwoman, Chesapeake Shores, Van Helsing, DC Legends of Tomorrow.
1: Yeah, he's a WB staple.
0: Okay, the bed and breakfast they're staying in is called the Blue Blossom Bed and Breakfast Inn.
1: Sam's car is gone, which makes them, this is like a perfect kind of slasher episode. You know, low the car disappears. Oh no, what could happen? And Andy is worried Sam is getting sucked into the monster life. Sam gets so angry, he blows up the bottle of wine that they got.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting dynamic because he is getting used to being the son of the devil, has occasional powers here and there that get expressed. But Andy grows uneasy with his comfortability just being his new role. It's a little off-putting because, you know, this is just him. And at the end of the episode, you know, it seems that they might not be together anymore because she's just so uncomfortable with the monsters all the time and the demons and devil powers, as he calls them. I don't know if this relationship is, is worth saving at this point.
1: Which is funny because Sock's relationship with his stepsister goes to the completely next level that he's always wanted to at long last.
0: Disgusting.
1: (laughs) But she initiates it. She's the one taking it by hand upstairs.
0: Okay. So while (laughs) (laughs) while she does play into it, the first time that she realizes that he is wanting to bed her that night, she's offended. And she, well, should she be? You know, he says that like if you had met me at a bar and we weren't related, you know, by marriage, would you have gone out with me? And, and she says no. And he gets depressed, goes to the bar to drink away his pain, and then she has this turnaround, like she thought about it and is now willing to do that. I'm not sure a person in that situation would actually go that route. I don't think that the stepsister, once finding out that your stepbrother has the hots for you, is just suddenly going to be a-okay with it all. But, you know, this is a show.
1: It's also weird to see the guys, even Andy, like out of their uniforms, you know. (laughs) Most of the time they're at the store. Andy's been kind of regulated to be the store manager. So it's, it's really nice to see them changing out of outfits. And also a plot line that has nothing to do with Morgan either, which is nice.
0: Yeah, nothing to do with them at all. This town is very, very empty, except for these three people, which end up being just tentacles from this huge tentacle beast, which is our escape soul. Our escape soul is this tentacle monster that we don't really see all that much of. It's like CGI graphics, and that's it.
1: Which is, you know, perfect because tentacles for the win.
0: <laughs> Only if you're in hentai, basically. The tentacle monster's name is actually Mordecai Ash, who used to lure people to the silver mine to murder them and rob them.
1: Ben ends up in jail, too.
0: Yeah, on, on some bullshit in order to keep the, the people in town. That That's really all it is. The, the sheriff is trying to keep these people in town, and he is the only human person in this town. And the sheriff is played by Stephen McHattie. And you definitely recognize him. His face is everywhere. You'd see him on Orphan Black as P.T. Westmoreland. Right. The Strain as Vaughn.
1: The Strain. Oh. Yeah, definitely The Strain. I love The Strain. That was great for two out of the four seasons. We don't need to cover it. It had a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked, You should do The Strain. And I'm like, Why? It wasn't canceled. They planned to do four or five seasons. They got what they needed. If you've read the books or the graphic novels, that was the ending. Over. Done. <laughs> So we don't need to cover I'm, the strain, people. We're not going to do it.
0: I recognized him immediately from the movie Pontypool. He plays the DJ Grant Mazzy. Yes. I'm like, that was an amazing movie. It's a zombie movie. I highly recommend it. It takes the zombie field in a completely different direction. Pontypool, absolutely yes. recommend it. All the music in this episode is actually by one artist, Buddy Stewart. Music artist from the 1950s, very old fashioned music to go along with this old fashioned town. In this episode is performed Roll 'em Dice, Going Back to Nashville, and In the Valley of the Sun. In the Valley of the Sun was also featured on Breaking Bad, Season 3, Episode 4, Green Light. Here's a clip. <music> I'm at my only one. While rolling down the lonely desert trail. Our vessel for this episode is a grenade.
1: The best goddamn soul-catching device. You just pull the pin and throw it. You don't even need to get close, according to the devil. <laughs> I love this.
0: And for this beast being so huge, like it takes up the entire tunnels underneath this city, like that grenade is very useful. It's too bad we don't actually see the capture. Ben walks into the mine with the grenade in hand, basically trying to commit suicide, I guess. And he gets spit out, covered in goo. And the grenade just has this yellow glow over it, like it captured it.
1: Andy and Sam break up, but Sock and his sister are finally together.
0: Is this how you're supposed to charm a woman? Am I been doing it wrong this whole time? No, Sock is terrible with picking up women. His pickup line when Kristen comes to him at the bar is, you're standing on my penis. I'm not sure that would get anyone's attention. Maybe a laugh, but ah, that's just not a good pickup line. Yeah, no, I agree. This sheriff is so into being the sheriff of this town, he won't even accept when the vessel... Captures the escaped soul. Like he wants the soul released from the vessel to continue being the sheriff of this town. I guess because he's dating one of the tentacles. Nina believes that Sam is very diabolical and kisses him because she's a little turned on that he's allowing the sheriff to suffer being alone in this city. And Sam is like, no, I just want him to live.
1: But I will go over a little bit about the uh, season two box set, uh, which is interesting the animatics on it for season two, when you pop in the disc, have the three guys spiraling in, kung fuing, but they're not doing it like I, if I'm like waving my arms around right now, it's just stills of them spiraling into place. Oh, that's cool. I guess so. It looks really cheap.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs)
1: for all the money in the world, (laughs) let's face it, out of all the shows we have done, Maybe with the exception of Constantine, and I'm not talking about animation, Reaper and Constantine probably have the two of the best budgets of any show we've
0: covered. Constantine really impressed me. The occult knowledge, they did their homework, they, the, the production value, everything. is yeah. Very impressive.
1: Yes, and Constantine came out in 2013. Reaper was 2007 to 2009, so... Obviously, budget wise, things are a little different and technology has advanced, but Constantine and Reaper have the best cinematography and best clear, you know, view of the camera and everything else. You know what I mean? And a lot of high profile actors compared to all the other shows we've covered. Yeah, that's all the notes I have for this episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another couple exciting episodes of Reaper here on the Dead TV Podcast as we continue our coverage of Season 2. We've got some cool stuff coming up in the future with Alien Nation, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the next exciting episode of the Dead TV Podcast.
0: Good night.